You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Erev, the last day of Sphere before Shavuos itself, this must be Rishodaraisa. I'm here with Haravagoyin Rabbi Yisik Gavriel Berchofer, and as we great sechzi for Kabbalas Atayro, great sechzi for Hashem. I think it's going to be easier, right, with a, a Shabbos to sort of get us into that Hashkofe place that we need to be for a for a biggest series for the night of Shuas. Yeah, I think it'll be easier. Right. A little bit. I think it'll be easier, don't you think, than in a and in a year when we just start off in the middle of the week. Yes, uh, Shabbos is a very sachon. I think. First, I will tell you though, I think many people might be guilty though, Rabbi Yosef, of using Shabbos afternoon to sleep to stay up uh, a Shuas night, and that might be a little bit of a halachic question, right? To say, yeah, I'm. I'm anything is fine. It, it, as long as you don't say staying up, but I think that is going to be the case with many people. And 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 I've already told you what I think about staying up on Shabbos night. Um, and you you know. I'm going to make a real wild connection here. Um, you know, of course, the Zayra Kodesh speaks about the Kedusha of Leil Shavuos. Obviously, it was the Ari and others that that, that promoted uh, and in that Kufa how important it was. But if you look at the language of the Zayra, you see that it's really connected to the idea of this, the, the holy zivid between the Rabbeinu Shalom and Klal Yisrael that is Matatayra. Um, we even know, of course, based on the, even the Pesach and the Nigla, which days are uh, considered verboten for the normal relations because, and Shuvah's night is considered one of those nights because of its holiness. So I can't help but think about the Shuvah's being like the Midrashim on Nigla, even say, that it's the Erseris Adibris, it's like Exuva that Moshe Rabbeinu ends up ripping. This is really very much about a love relationship to the Rabbi Shalom through Torah. And I think that, that again, you'll be Michael, the crude connection here. But as I'm turning on you know, the, the podcast programs that I somehow I listen to snippets of to get ideas for what we should talk about, I've heard that most of the Velt is not interested so much in the horror of Uvalde, that most of the streaming and most of the traffic of what people have gotten their, got their ears to the last week has been the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, a, a defamation trial that Johnny brought against Amber for defaming him in a 2016 Washington Post op-ed piece. And what I was so surprised was that and I, I spoke to uh, one. I spoke to someone I'm close to who said, "Yeah, in the workplace where they work, that's all everybody was talking about because the trial was televised. Because in Virginia, where the trial was held, they they I guess they televised naturally all these trials for the people for the public to be aware of it, and everybody is is talking about." what this relationship was. And of course, just to, for if you're living, if you don't care or you do care, if you heard about it, Johnny won the trial, basically. And Amber, who had accused him, 
of, of in, in the op-ed piece of sexual assault and various other sorts of abuse uh, was found to have defamed him. And that really, uh, she couldn't really justify the things that are in that, in, in her op-ed piece. And Johnny was saying, Debuch, <laughs> he, he couldn't get work because he had been labeled in Hollywood as a, as a wife abuser and as a violent, terrible person. And he wanted to get his day in court, uh, which was weeks and weeks in court. And it really got me thinking about how farchapt we are with the achosim of Ishvi Ishtoi. How, how farchap that this is. It, it's almost like, and again, I can't say I saw a moment of it. I can't say that I really uh, am a fan of, I don't even know what Amber Heard movie she's been, or I haven't seen any of her programs. And I, I'm not trying to put down that area. But I think the fact that society at large is still extremely involved. And the comments that I read coming out after the verdict was that, the Me Too movement has suffered terribly about this, that this was a moment for toxic masculinity and that, that this, this is a horrible thing in the world. And it got me thinking about the difference of our yachosim to the yachosim in the secular world, but also how our world has changed somewhat because of the Me Too movement. And here's the point I want you to address after this long-winded introduction. Do you believe that considering the mystical aspect of, of Shavuos, the mystical aspect of, 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 of what it's meant to be, that maybe there should be, some, uh, 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 there should be something stressed about positive yachosim between Ish Ishtar here in, in, in In other words, instead of this idea, okay, my husband went out to learn, he comes home, he goes to sleep, right? It doesn't seem like there's much of a of an involvement. Okay, women go to a shear, the men go to a shear. It would seem that if this is supposed to be the the aspect of zivug with with, with Kelelyoin, that our Koyach of Zivug are no, not in the carnal sense, but our Koyach and Yachosin between Ishva Ishtoi should be something that should be worked upon and taught about. And and my Raya Ladavar is that Lachora, the Megillah that we read on Shuas. Is, is in many ways really all about finding a person and what does it mean to have a relationship? I, I believe, in fact, that, good, you know, comparing Amber and Johnny, let's compare Amber and Johnny to Rus and Boyas, right? Here you have, again, Lahavdil, and that's my point. And look at the beautiful way Ru, Boaz speaks to Rus, even before, and here he is, the God of Ador. And, and, this, and he comes and gives her chizuk, and he talks about how wonderful she is. To me, they're, they're not yet romancing. This is not a date that they're on. And yet we read in the Megillah how Boaz was willing to speak to a young, attractive woman who he happened to notice. And he didn't just say, right? He didn't go like, you know, like, 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 like Abu Chatzera. But what he did instead was he went over to her and talked to her. And he gave her chizuk as a giyoyrus. And it, it really, I think, sets the stage of their marriage might not have lasted long, but it sets the stage for a, 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 the type of yachas that I think is crucial to understand what it means to have a yachas with the rabbi Nishar. What do you think? I told the girls in my class a couple of weeks ago when we were learning about racism, uh, you know, in the 1950s, and uh, we talked about how, you know, it's saw in some places 
women have to sit in the back of the bus. And, you know, they, they were not, actually, they're not so um, uh, upset about that, which is interesting, even though there was a connection, obviously, to the blacks in the back of the bus in the 50s. But what really makes them upset is the idea that a man, when a man speaks to them, a man doesn't look at them. And they can't complete Masi, how this possibly can be considered to be a normal and uh, even supportable uh, type of behavior. Um, if somebody can't look uh, uh, at a woman or a girl and they talk to them, it reduces them to an object. It diminishes their humanity and takes away something of the uh, sense of significance which a person possesses. I was kind of um, uh, surprised at that, the vehemence with which they uh, addressed that question. I think we uh, know that there are many... Of course, it's somewhat of a balance because they don't want to be gawked at. But on the other hand, they don't want you just, they want that when you interact with them, that you interact with them as human beings and make the eye contact that right. they would expect from someone else. Right. Um, so the point is that we know at the end, the same time, we know that there are many Rebbes and uh, not just Rebbes, but uh, Rosh Hashiva will not look at women who come to see them and uh, for in whatever capacity. And these are people which we hold uh, in generally in esteem. Um, and it's very, uh, very um, conflict, conflicting uh, message which we send out there as to how to relate to women and girls. And I saw it in, in a statement which somebody gave me about uh, Rabbi Mordechai Eliyahu. And he once got told uh, a younger man who was teaching in uh, Beis Yaakov, whatever type of school was, came and complained to him that he couldn't, he couldn't, shouldn't, can't be teaching there because he can't look at the girls because it's going to give him all sorts of AIDS horrors. Uh, Rabbi Eliyahu answered to him, get over it. Don't, don't leave. You have to get over it. You're not, not going to teach them. Who's going to teach them? So therefore, yeah, it's a problem. You have to deal with it. Which is a very fascinating way. Of, you know, It's fascinating to me they actually said it that way because you know I don't know if I uh, would have the um, gumption to say that, although it's a logical response to give. So um, in essence, there is this idea in in uh, in uh, the, the uh, one better term Haredi world that uh, women, if you give a yachas to women, that is ready to be something like low secret rule. And of course, it manifests itself in things like on the street in Muncie. Unless I know a woman, I will not say the chabas to her, but uh, to a man, I will pass by. I would. Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is that you are, as you said, you are conflicted about this. You recognize what Mordechai Liu says as being, and you see it from your students, that this is something that is necessary, but you also understand the hesitancy of other uh, Torah figures, rabbinic figures, uh, of taking that step because they don't trust their own Yetzirah and they feel that uh, any woman could be moiled in them. Some including an eighth grade girl. Yeah, And as we know with uh, Walder, uh, <laughs> that it may be dafka. You know what I'm saying? Of course, Walder seemed to be non-discriminatory, but we know that that. So this is obviously something that you know we could we could go back and forth. I guess what I was trying to get you to say, and and you didn't you sort of tap danced around it, is that since the time that we were chavrusas in Beis Medrash Latayra, setting the world on fire with the resichos of, 
of, of, of everything <laughs> since that time. Things have changed, the Lagabi um, in the Welt, in terms of the objectifying of women. Things have changed in terms of, and that I think has filtered into the Yiddish from Welt as well. There's no question about it that um, you can't say, oh, the Me Too movement didn't uh, have some significance here. Um, it's not like, oh, it's just in the Goyesha Welt, we have always had COVID of women and things like that. I think it has changed. I think the, um, I think uh, even the Bokhram that are going out on dates, I think that their, their Hanhogas have been forced to change. There's no question about it that the movement empowered women to say, don't objectify us. Don't, uh, we're not going to take these type of comments. Um, uh, let, let me bring a, a marshal from, um, you know, my wife said to me, she said, um, okay, if, if your daughter who's going to get a new dress, don't say, oh, you look so good in that dress. <laughs> now, I'm thinking to myself, what, why can't, what, what, what am I supposed to say? She says, but, no, she says, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> you can't say, oh, you look beautiful in that dress. Oh, that dress makes you look beautiful. You, you can't say that. Even if, right? And that is really part of what the, you know, the Me Too movement has, 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 I think, fostered. I mean, if you think about it, the way it's, it's been described, it was described as it's, it was waiting for years to happen. For years, women felt that they were being objectified, that they had to, uh, and even in the, in the Frum Belt. And now those- Grand Rabbi, the vicious Hasidic dynasty, dynasty has banned certain flashy head kerchiefs, certain flash kerchiefs used by religious women as head coverings, when they were said to have taken many by surprise. Said, uh, uh, so that certain tickles, in other words, Rabbi singled out so-called Chanel coverings, that's strictly forbidden for Hasidic women. Chanel is a popular name for headscarves using fancy fabrics, due to the similarity to materials used by the international brand. Um, the specific prohibition caught some women off guard, has become a topic of the day within the Hasidic community. Rabbi did not offer an explanation for the prohibition. On Monday, issue clarification, clarification that man only applies in public areas, not the home. Now, where I, it seems that that, I, I don't know how vicious women, what goes to the mind of a vicious woman? I don't, can't fathom the mind of a Hasidic woman in any event. But the, when a woman possibly gets out of Hasidus uh, with, uh, is beyond me, but uh, except for Chabad. But, um, yeah. Uh, I certainly, what, what, the, the Rebbe is telling them you can't wear the, the color kerchiefs and who's going to determine this and where, where, who sets the standards. I know in Visions here, months a few years ago, they had a big um, tumult um, that women were not wearing turbans, exposed to us Hasidic women, but they were wearing tickles. And that was considered to be a big pizza. So, um, I, I, maybe you would say that as the world goes more Me Too, the Hasidic world gets more repressive. Or maybe that's the women are chomping at the bit, and therefore they want to wear Chanel tickles, and they're being uh, the, and the the well, is sittering from it. Okay. I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love two things that you just said. One thing is I cannot fathom, and the other one is I cannot understand. So I'm very happy that those two statements issued from you because they are statements that you need to say frequently. And I think it's, it's good for you to say that. 
Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> but so much appreciate compliments. Yes. But, 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 but look, neither of us, although we both enjoy Chassidish Torah, I now learn Chassidish Kail, you uh, also are interacted with Chassidish Hever. We really don't understand the dynamic of what a Chassidish Zivig is, is built on. And we also have skepticism, deep skepticism, about the Hismasrus that brilliant sometimes people, even open minded Chassidim, have to their Rebbes. In terms of being makabel gzeiras b'sokim, so you know, for for us to really comprehend it, you're right. We, despite our intellectual perception of the great of the kushas levi or of of, of the svarim, the visionets of svarim, which are brilliant and halacha, the paiskim that they have, yes. But this area is not our our life area. Whether they have the, the me too has infiltrated there or not, I'm not sure. I don't know. I do see that even in the Chesidah Shevelt, that the women are taking more jobs. I see that they're, I am an SAT monitor, and I've seen Hasidic girls coming to take the SATs. I think there has been a, um, a move for Hasidic women to take positions and to be not just necessarily, um, uh, you know, cloistered at home, I don't know how large that is. I don't know if that's a result of Me Too or it's a result of economic realities that are demanding it. It also might be, honestly, the fact that there are now kosher workplaces that the Rabbonim are allowing their the women to go into, that the workplaces are so, in a way, uh, aligned with the Hasidic Haredi mentality that they can be allowed to do this, which wasn't the case, which wasn't the case before. Um, the, uh, the, the, well, it's also, the, the development's also in the uh, more Dati uh, uh, camp. Uh, just now, there's another article this week, which is that uh, for the first time in history, uh, the Israeli government is going to pay Yuatzot Kalacha official salaries. It's like they pay Rabbanim official salaries, or they pay Yuat Sota Halacha official salaries and, in order to. Um, yeah, order to is, okay, so that I think is really much more in the Me Too uh, movement. I think the the uh, the ascension of Yoat Se Halacha was went hand in hand with the with the Yoat Yeah, that went hand in hand with the idea. That having to speak to a rav and coming to a rav with a a bedika cloth or to talk about intimate questions was considered um, uh, inherently um, insulting and demeaning, and that really arose. Uh, and I and I think it's actually a great idea, um, yeah. and and I encourage it. Uh, and I, I believe me, I, I I've spoken to these yotzot. I've had conversations with them about other things. I, I, I find that the ones that know about learning uh, really understand that there's certain shilas they need to actually ask Rabbonim for. And I think it's that is probably a wonderful advancement. And that's something which, because we cannot turn back the clock. It might be... I, when, I, when, when it first came out, I was opposed to it. Now I think that there's uh, a, a positive development. And we know that there are probably many women 
who, because they're Yoatzot, they could speak to about fertility and Nida issues, will keep Tyrus HaMishpocha properly and maybe will only keep it because they feel they could pick up the phone and speak to this woman. Otherwise, they feel that it's this man's aspect which they have no idea about and they feel um, uh, they feel dirty and ugly having to talk about it. Um, and I think that you know, we don't live in a, in, in, in a, in a kahila anymore that, is, uh, that can be non-sensitized to a person bringing their uh, body, bodily fluids to somebody else. To us, we consider that, you know, and, and I understand that. And I think that, that, that might be a positive thing. I, I think another thing um, that, um, and, and we know again, yichud issues, I think, became stronger because of Me Too. I think that it caused in many workplaces, even if they weren't Altairus HaKodesh, to be much better as far as that goes. Um, and we, we only have to applaud that. I, I, I want to take us back, however, as we wind this like, sort of rambling discussion up uh, with my supposition that it, it seems that although you know, Shira Shirim is uh, what is usually uh, said after the Seder or on Shabbos of, of Pesach, um, I do think that there is something about working on, especially in light of the spectacle, the ugly, horrible spectacle of backbiting, insulting, of beating, lies uh, of, of Amber and Johnny to talk about Pinkovea Azman for Shruis working on these inyanim and speaking about these inyanim. Um, oh, sure, obviously, the person she has shared, the person she says, Yom Chasun Nasov, Yom Sim Chas Livo, and obviously, any relationship has to uh, emulate the relationship between Akash Baruch and Amiso, and that's uh, what she was supposed to teach us. And of course, uh, any, uh, any, as any, any positive chizuk of Shalom Bayis leads to the Shechina Shreel, Zafu Shechina Shreel Beinayim. And, and, and uh, I think I think it would also help in terms of Havana Satayra. We know the Aleph Zeira that the Zohar comments on in the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, um, that even Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, from the Gili Shechina from the Mishkan, it somehow wasn't on the Darga. It could have been, had Moshe not been Pirish from from Sipira. And you have a, you know again lot of Aviu. I think there's there's ample room, uh, you know, to talk about this. You know, the, the famous Gemara and Kedushin, in other words, it, and we know Tyrus Eretz Yisrael, speaking about Eretz Yisrael, is, is on a darga where they actually, right, where they, again, they got married first. Uh, they had that yachas. Um, and I think it produces uh, overall a more healthy mindset. And as you say, you got to be misgaber in some ways, but it is a more healthy mindset. I, 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 you know, I do agree with many of the Bali Musar who are skeptical about um, invitations that families give out. You know that many of the Bali Musar have talked about in their yeshiva shekehilas that B'nai Torah, even you know people who are working B'nai Torah. That their Shabbos and Yontif table, they shouldn't necessarily invite other couples over. Bachrim, maybe Almonos, but the idea of 
inviting other couples and having like, you know, four or five, six couples, that that, that is not Kafi Ruach HaToyro. As much as, you know, I, I, I don't have that because I don't have many friends, <laughs> you know, people my age that, that, that because most of us are umis with children and grandchildren. But I think that I think that, that is, is probably a good grainitz. In other words, when it's about having a young girl who's single, who wants to, who needs to have some kiruv, or a woman who's a grusha, or a manamat, that I don't believe is, is, is a chasarn in Gidriatsnius. And if a rav makes a point of actually engaging and talking and looking at her face and speaking to her, especially at the, at the yuntive table, that's... But besides those logical boundaries, there has to be a, a group of... Menschlichkeit means that, you know, if a woman is dressed sneistic, then you should be able to interact with her in a normal way. And to have the seichel, that even if she's not dressed sneistic, um, that <laughs> it's not your place, as we've been told, obviously. And that's our, about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and it's, yes. yes, that's correct. I was that's approached correct. today, Mamish in the in the Hasidish Frum store in my neighborhood, uh, by a woman who was not wearing any, uh, not doesn't wear a shaito, and I'm not sure exactly what her skirt length was, and she came to me crying over the situation of her child in school, and. Um, um, I, I talk with her about, again, I'm not saying I'm great, but I'm saying you're, you're in a situation where... I will say you're great, don't worry. Thank you. But okay. I, I do want to say that as I was talking to her and she was telling me, and we were talking about suggesting various options for the chinuch future of her child, um, a number of the chesidah were walking by. And, uh, you know, I had just given a, sh- a shear to the Chassidim asked me to give it a sheer clothing before Shavuos in Yiddish. So a couple of them were in the store shopping. And here I was, you know, um, talking to this woman, you know, without a tichel, and I'm talking to her, engaging her in conversation. And I, I felt, okay, you know what? They might not understand it. But this yeah, is... I'm sure they know you're a masculine. <laughs> but that, Zoyb Brachman Tiyan, when we need to be, especially people like us, as we age, people are going, you, whether we deserve the accolades or the, under, uh, the understanding people ascribe to us, we, you have to be ready to, to not prava this individual frumkeit and say, ah, you know what, and, and be willing, to, especially if someone is coming to you about something essential in their lives, like your, your sixth grade girls, to look them in the eye, to speak with them, to show in your eyes and complexion and face that it hurts what you're hearing and that you care. And, and, and that is obviously, again, that I think is what Boaz modeled for us. And yes. as I said, it should be, again, those type of dugmoyas allow us, I think, to be kalim for Kabolas Hashkin, Pnei Hashkinah, as well. Well, that's about it, my friends. We'll catch you, Mirzashem, hopefully, as we head into a recichus oh, yeah. of, of summer. Take care, everybody. Learn stark. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 